The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blastoff. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 43 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two true crime episodes of Gangbusters. We'll begin after this short break. When Phillips H. Lord created Gangbusters, the crime rate was high and confidence in law enforcement was low. Crimes were highly publicized and their perpetrators were sometimes glamorized in Hollywood movies. With most radio crime programs dramatizing pulp fiction stories, Lord decided to portray the procedure and practices of real life law enforcement officers, basing his dramas on court records and police files. Official guest speakers, including Louis J. Valentine, the former commissioner of police of New York City, further enhanced the program's authenticity and credibility. At the close of the program, nationwide clues consisting of descriptions of suspects and contact information for the relevant police force or FBI were given out. Later, popular TV programs such as America's Most Wanted and Unsolved Mysteries would make use of this same device. By May of 1942, nearly 300 criminals had been apprehended as a result of the clues on gangbusters, reinforcing the series' central message, the futility of crime. Produced on the East Coast, gangbusters featured many of the great radio and stage actors working in New York. Santos Ortega, Mercedes McCambridge, Art Carney, Richard Widmark, Ross Martin, Ken Lynch, Joseph Julian, and many others. It lasted on radio until 1957. Time now for the first of two true crime episodes of Gangbusters. In this first story, a couple work as a team to rob a factory's paymaster. Here's the case of the kidnapped paymaster on Gangbusters. And now, Gangbusters! Gangbusters, presented in cooperation with police and federal law enforcement departments throughout the United States. The only national program that brings you authentic police case histories. to gangbusters and facts that show the operation of our law enforcement officials in their war against the underworld. Gangbusters has asked the Honorable Saul S. Sherrison, Assistant United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York, to narrate tonight's case. The inside facts in the case of the kidnapped paymaster. Mr. Sherrison, before you begin, I think the gangbusters audience would like to know that you brought to the studio a man who played a very important part in tonight's case. That's right, Don Gardner. He's right over there, and we'll hear from him later. Right now, I think we ought to get on with the report. All right, Mr. Sherrison. The main events in this case occurred right here in New York City. Isn't that right? In the section of New York City known as the Bronx. Almost a year ago, Don, on a Saturday afternoon, the stores in the Fordham Road District were crowded with shoppers. At one particular shoe store, a young woman customer was trying to get fitted while her companion sat next to her. The trouble clerk was on his way with still another pair of shoes to show his hard-to-please customer. Just look what he's bringing over this time. 
For crying out loud, Terry, you're going to buy a pair of shoes, or aren't you? If I see something to check, yeah. Uh, here, madam, is a style that's very smart. Pumps, I asked you for. Do these look like pumps? Well, as I told you, madam, pumps have gone out. They're not wearing pumps this year. If the lady wants pumps, get her pumps. Yeah, get me pumps. <laughs> I'll take one more look. Excuse me, please. I'll be right back. How do you like the nerve of him, huh? You're not exactly the easiest one in the world to please. If I want pumps, Mac, I want pumps. That's the price you've got to pay for keeping me slaving away in that shop. Look, Terry, I don't want to hear no more about it. You stay on the job there until the time is right. And when's the time going to be right? Meanwhile, I'm breaking my back running a drill press at 40 bucks a week. Who needs You'll it? You'll keep running that drill press until I'm set. Need another guy or two. Hmm. Who are you looking for, Dillinger? Shut up. Ain't four months long enough to find somebody? I wish you'd get your shoes and get out of here. Well, let me take my time, Mac. I'm the one that's got to wear them and I... Oh. Well, how do you like that? What? Here comes that Charlie McCarthy of yours. Bud, where? He's coming. He found you in Times Square on New Year's Eve. Hiya, Terry. Mac. They said you went shopping. You've come to carry the bundles? What do you want, Bud? I had to see you, boss. I'm in a little jam. A cop or a dame? Lay off, will you, Terry? What kind of a jam? Where's that monkey with the pumps? I need about 300 bucks quick. 300 bucks? Well, 280 to be exact. <sighs> Must be a dame. You're crying out loud. Why? I owe it to a guy. Stall him. You can give him to him after we pull off the big deal. Hank, I gotta pay him off tonight. If I don't pay him, I'll get my head beat in. Who's got this dough coming anyway? Johnny J. Johnny J? Yeah. Don't you have no more sense than to borrow dough from a rotten loan shark? I needed it. The horses out at Belmont were hungry. So what? How much did you borrow? Two bills. What's the 80 for? That's interest. Interest? Only 5% a week. Hey, you idiot. What do you have to meet that cigar-smoking chiseler? Oh, at some bar tonight. Okay, he'll be met by the two of us. Where's that guy with my pumps? You don't need any shoes. Let's get out of here. Hey, wait a Come minute. On, let's get out of this joint before I run you out in your bare feet. Okay, okay, but why get sore at me? I didn't borrow no dough from Johnny J. Let's go, I said. Let's go. I'm coming. Don't rush me. Hello, Johnny. I was up at the bar. Told you this booth. Sit down. Got a match? Yeah, someplace. Yeah. Thanks. Well, give my dough, I'll buy you a drink. Look, Johnny, I haven't got it. That's what Don't I want. You to... want to get paid, you rotten welcher. Wait a minute, Johnny. Wait, nothing. Told you what had happened. Ever see a guy get his face burnt with a lit cigar? He'll get you dough. I bet, and tonight. There's a guy here. Has he got the dough? Yeah. He's got it. Oh, I wouldn't just say so. Let's go get him. We don't have to. Here he comes. Hello, Johnny. How long's it been? That's the guy? That's him. So now, Mac. Are you come taking care of the kids' troubles, McIntyre? I look after my boys. Okay, bud, scram. Hey, wait a minute. If I don't get my dough, I want his hide. Get out of here, bud. Go on. Yeah, so long. I'll be safe. Hey, wait a minute. Come here. Sit still, Johnny. He only listens to me. You got a lot of nerve, Mac. One more thing, Johnny. You can stay, but that cigar's got to go. Oh, yeah? Give me a match. I said put the cigar away or I'll shove it down your throat. Well, as long as you ain't got no match. How much did the kid take from you? Comes to 280. I didn't ask what it comes to. What did he take? Took 200. But I'm entitled to my interest. Here's your 200. And now look, Mac, I'm in business. I got it. You've got to nothing. You don't want the 200? Give it back. 20, 40. It's all there, Johnny. Put it in your pocket. Yeah, I guess it is. What do you have to drink? Nothing. I'll see you again sometime. Hey, Mac. What? Don't get the wrong idea about me. I'm still as tough as I used to be. Be as tough as you like? I'm a three-time loser, Mac. Once more, they put me away for good. I don't want that. But remember, I can only be pushed so far. Johnny, have you got any idea why I laid out two bills to get this bud out of soak? Didn't think it was out of the goodness of your heart. He's got a trick, Johnny. He can take the door lock right off a car without leaving a scratch. So, what do you want me to give him, a medal? We take it to a guy, and an hour later, we got a key that fits the ignition and the door. Sweet. Awful sweet. But it takes too many cars to build up a nice score. I want it quicker. And I'm gonna get it quicker. Uh-huh. 
Johnny. I got a deal in the works that I'll have to have a bushel basket to carry away the dough. Yeah, that throw the book at me this time, Mac. Told you I was a three-time loser. I'm not interested in anything except staying out in the street. This'll be as soft as frozen custard. Worth it? Can you count up to a hundred thousand? I tried hard enough. Want to hear about it? Can't put me back in for listening. This is a big foundry over in Jersey. I planted my girl in there. The payroll runs 50 to 100 grand every week. They pay off in cash. Payroll's got guts, Mac. They got a yard of more guts to get. Look, I've had my girl in that shop for four months. I know that place inside and out. Thursday nights, the payroll lays in the safe with nobody around but an old creepy watchman. What about the safe? I don't think that'd be so creepy. That's where the gimmick comes in. The paymaster lives right here in the Bronx. We grab him at his house, take him back to Jersey. He opens up the safe. That's all there is to it. It's gonna take a lot of doing. For a lot of dough, I can stand a lot of doing. Okay, Mac, figure me in it. Didn't you uh, ask me for a match before? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Go ahead. Light up that big black cigar. I love him. Thanks. Hey, waiter. Waiter, another round of drinks here. Make it snappy. So, Don, <clears throat> the criminal David McIntyre had completed his organization, which he intended to use in robbing the payroll. He had everything worked out nicely, except a few details, like a set of stolen tires and an unexpected doorbell. It was such clues as these that set the Federal Bureau of Investigation on the right trail. In the meantime, the Federal Bureau of Investigation was looking into the interstate car thefts in which McIntyre and young Bud Aldridge were previously involved. These cars were being stolen in Bronx and Westchester counties, New York, then taken to Connecticut and New Jersey, where the accessories were stripped and sold. Special agents Haynes and Martin were at the New York field office discussing the case. Well, Haynes, looks like those car thieves are going to be harder to catch than ever now. They just quit. At least while they were operating, we had a chance to get them with the goods. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they have pulled out of it permanently, Martin. Maybe they got something else to do for a few days. Maybe they took a vacation. They've sure been doing well enough to take a vacation. You'd think after all this time, we'd at least be able to get a line on them. We'll get our line on them. All we have to do is keep checking those junk shops and secondhand parts places. We'll find where they're selling the stuff. That's all the line we need. Well, I'd better get going. Jersey City? Yeah. I'm going to do a little hunting. Maybe I can turn up something over there. He's going to pull into that parking space down the block, Mac. Okay, double park right here. I'll keep your lights on. Yeah, Mac, sure. All set, Johnny. You kidding? Let's go. When you see his car pull out, bud, get right behind us and stay there. I know, I know. Come on. Right with you. On the sidewalk, let's go. Good break, good break. Nobody's out tonight. Let's do it fast and quiet. Never seen a faster guy. Here he comes on your toes, huh? Step here. Uh, pardon me, mister. Yes? Got a match? Yes, I think so. Those cigars of his keep going out. He runs himself and everybody else out of matches. Oh, some cigars are like that. Keep your hands at your sides and don't move. Hey. Uh, walk back to your car. Listen, here you... Walk, he said. Okay, okay, but be careful with that gun. Reach in your pocket and give me the keys to your car. All right. Well, what do you want from me? I, I don't carry much money. Just give me the car keys. Yeah. Here they are. Here you are, pal. Open up. Get in, Siegel. Get... Where are you taking me? What do you think? Get in. Oh, please. Go I... on, get in. In back, in back. Okay, in back. Climb it back with him, pal. Right. I don't understand all this. What do you want from me? Explain it to him, pal. You're going back to your office. You're going to open that safe and you're going to hand over tomorrow's payroll, just like that. But I don't know the combination. Now tell me what you know. But I don't, honest. Kid's right behind us, boss. Good. I told you I don't know the combination. 
Listen, friend. See this cigar? You know how hot it gets when it's lit? I don't know how many thousands of degrees hot. Please let me out. Anyway, it gets awful hot. You open it safer, you got the end of the cigar right in your eye. Let me out. I want to get out, please. Shut him up. I can't open the safe. Shut up. I can't. Okay, wise guy. <clears throat> Stay shut. Don't knock him out. Not yet. I want him sitting up when we cross the bridge. Okay, okay. No sense getting those cops at the toll gate suspicious. Keep him up and keep him quiet. We'll give him a treatment later if we have to. So, Don, the two criminals and their victim, Mr. Julius Siegel, drove towards the George Washington toll bridge, across the Hudson River in Siegel's car, with the third criminal, Bud Aldridge, following in their own car. Within a few minutes, they were on the approaches to the bridge and nearing the toll gate. All right, Siegel, sit up straight. I will, but don't hit me again. Now we're going to stop at that toll gate. We're going to pay the guy, and you're going to keep your mouth shut. You got it? Don't worry, I won't say anything. Better not if you don't want the cigar. Remember. On your toes, pal, the toll gate. Here you are. 50 cents, right? 50 cents. Hey, the motor died. I know it. Yeah, we'll kick over. I, should say. I will, I will. What's the matter, Master? You got trouble? Yeah, officer. We'll won't kick over. Maybe you're out of gas. No, there's plenty of gas, officer. It'll be all right. You'll have to get it out of here. Those cars want to get through. I'll give it another try. She's catching. Feed it gas. Let's go. I heard a figured one like that. Well, there's a trick to starting it sometime. Oh, ask you. <laughs> Take it easy with her. Gotta open that safe. Okay, okay. I'm only playing. The kid's still behind me? Yeah, he's following us. Don't worry. Go ahead. Get that a plant. I want to see what a payroll looks like. Special Agent Haynes. This is Martin. I'm glad I caught you at the office. Yes, I had to finish up something. What's up, Martin? I found a fence over here in Jersey City, Haynes. I think he's the one who's been buying the accessories of those stolen Bronx and Westchester cars. Oh? What does he have to say? Nothing. That's the point. We found two radios and three sets of tires. He says he bought them in good faith. Says he doesn't know the fellows who sold them. What's the name of this fence? Denver. Joe Denver. He's got a long record for receiving, never a conviction. All right. How about bringing him into New York? I'd like to talk to him. Right. We'll be there in an hour. Oh, and say, Haynes, will you call up my wife? Tell her I won't be home tonight. But I'm telling you, I don't know the combination. Did you hear him, boss? He says he don't know the combination. I heard him. We know different. We know you open that safe every morning and close it every night. That's not true, honest. It isn't. It ain't true, huh? Hey, boss, give me a match. Why don't you carry your own matches? I'm driving. Catch Thanks. Make it snappy. The plant's in the next block. What are you going to do? Hey, I'm going to light my cigar, that's all. Just light my cigar. <coughs> Good cigar, ain't it? I wouldn't know. <coughs> Told you how hot they get. Now you going to open that safe? Uh, uh, you wouldn't like it in the eye, would you? Okay. I'll open the safe. Now you're acting smart. What do you care? It's not your dough, wise guy. <coughs> Okay, hold on. We're turning in. There's a kid right behind us. Good. Now sit up, Siegel. Feel like we tell you, you won't get hurt. Bad. All right. I'll do anything. Come on, let's go. Okay, Siegel. Move. Go on. Get out. All right, I'm going. Here's the kid. All right, Siegel. Walk right up to the office door, just like you worked here. Which he does, which he does. Get going. Yeah, I thought you were gone as on the bridge. Shut up and do your job. All right, I'll get excited. Here's your keys, Siegel. We'll open up the front door. But, but what? Move. Go on, move. going to open up that front door of the office and walk right to the safe, you understand? But if I open the door, the burglar alarm will ring. What's this, another store like the combination? No, I'm telling the truth, the burglar alarm will ring. You're lying, Siegel. There's no alarm on that door, I know. Listen, do you think we ought to take the chance? There's no alarm on that door. He just wants to wise up the watchman. 
Let me tell you something, Siegel. I know this place inside and out. I know how we'll handle that watchman once we're inside. Now open up the door. But look. It's a cigar, it's a cigar. Okay. Quick now. Holy, the joint's fucked. He was right. Get him in the car, fast. Come on, get to the car. Get to the car. All right, all right, I'm going. You're going to let me out here? Are you, please? Yes, yeah, Siegel, we're going to let you out. See what he's got on him. You want to get something out of this job? I'll still there, you. All right. I don't have much. Here's his wallet. What's in it? Five, six, six bucks. Yeah. <laughs> All this trouble for six bucks. <laughs> six bucks. Okay, he's out. Uh, take your gun and shoot him once through the head. Shoot him? They was looking for the chair. How can they tag us for it if he's dead? I'll tell you how. There's some people with big mouths, that's how. Who are you talking about? Not you. Who can tell about the kid or even the dame? Yeah, who can tell? All right, just work him over good. I want a head start in the cops. I'll work him over good. Don't worry. Ever see a guy get pistol whipped? Gun's good for more than one thing. Dirty rotten. <coughs> he won't wake up for a week. I clear a lot. I just sent Joe Denver back to the detention cell, Haynes. We'll file charges in the morning, huh? First thing. You know, Martin, I've never seen it fail. When these guys think you got something on them, they'll sing their heads off looking for a break. Uh, what a business. Uh, it's not such a bad business. Joe Denver sings, we clear up a string of auto thefts. Uh, not so fast. We still got to pick up McIntyre and this young sidekick of his. Well, the information says they're probably still living at that address in the Bronx and running with this Johnny J. They oughtn't to be so hard to trace from there. Uh, we'll see about that. Oh, excuse me. Sure. Hello, Special Agent Haynes. Uh, Haynes, this Crawford over at the Richfield, New Jersey Police. Oh, yes, Crawford. How are you? We've got the victim of a robbery up here. Huh? They held him up in front of his home in the Bronx and brought him over here to Jersey to open up the safe. That's kidnapping. Yeah, they carried him over the state line. That makes it your beef, doesn't it? It sure does. The Lindbergh Law. What have you got to go on, Crawford? Well, the victim, um, Siegel, got the license number of their car, but that's not going to be much help. Stolen last week in Westchester County. Westchester, well... Tie in with anything? It could. We're working on a Westchester case right now. Stolen cars. Uh, where is this victim? He's still here at our station. Doctor says he can go home after he rests up a bit. Well, keep him there a while. We'll be right over. Okay, I'll be looking for you. So long. Hmm. What is it, Haynes? Come on, Martin. We're going over to Jersey. I'll tell you all about it on the way. I'm ready. Oh, uh, you don't happen to have a picture of McIntyre on you, do you? Yes, I do. Good. Let's go. Six lousy bucks. I spent four months slaving at that drill press for six rotten bucks. I'm sick of hearing about it, Terry. You found out about that burglar alarm, everything had been fine. So just shut that big yap of yours. What am I supposed to know about burglar alarms? And watch out what you're calling a big yap! Dad. Oh, Bud. Oh, kid brains himself. Come on in, Bud. Gotta pick up them cars and have a bit of moving, Mac. It's a long drive. I see the small-time stuff's good enough for you now. If you ask me, it was always good enough. You're looking for a crack in the head, Terry. Yeah, from who? Let's go, bud. Sure, I'm ready an hour. If you think I'm going back to work on that drill press, you've got another thing coming. Who's asking you to go back? Do what you like. Six bucks. Six lousy bucks. Come here, Terry. Why? Come here, I said. I want to kiss you goodbye. No, stop it. Now get your guts packed and get out of here. Come on, bud. Cheer up, will you, Mac? Ah, let me along, will you? All right, so we got a bad break. This didn't work out right. Now, we know we should stick to this hot car, right? But I'll tell you what to stick to. Just watch where you're driving. You got a red light. I see it. I see it. We got a good thing. There's a million dames like Terry. A million. For crying out of sewer. Shut up. All right. I just... Look at that car. That crazy driver's going to clip us. That driver's the kind of... Mac. What? Maybe it's cops. Cops? What cops? Well, let's give a piece of a mind. All right, if you say so. Hey, what's the matter? Don't you guys know how to drive? All right, get him up, you two. Huh? FBI. Not me, you know it. You better just keeping your hands up. What's the idea? We ain't done nothing. We've got a warrant charging you with kidnapping. Kidnapping? Yes, you should always stop to think at a state line. Come on, 
Your friend Johnny Jay's been keeping a cell warm for you. He wants company. Okay, okay, I'm going. You don't have to push. That, Don, was how the arrest was made. David McIntyre and Johnny Jay were sentenced to 20 years each, and Bud Aldridge was given six years. They are now serving their terms at various federal penitentiaries for abducting Mr. Julius Siegel and carrying him across a state line. Well, Mr. Siegel certainly had a rough time of it. You know, Don, that for every crime, there must be a victim as well as a criminal. And I brought Mr. Siegel to the studio tonight. Well, so I see, Mr. Sharrison. He had an experience that any one of us may be called on to face any day. We're glad to have you on, gangbusters, Mr. Siegel. I'm glad to be here, Don, but I must say that in all my years of listening to gangbusters, I never dreamed that one day I'd be a part of your program. And a very important part, too. I suppose that all of us think of crimes like kidnapping in terms of someone else. It must have been some sensation when you realized that this time you were the victim. <clears throat> well, Don, from the first I knew those boys meant business. But it wasn't until they were ready to leave me on, to leave me later on, that I started saying my final prayers. Well, just what happened? Well, when they got ready to go, one yelled to the other, kill him and dump him. But then he came back to me and said, we decided not to kill you. We're going to knock you out. That's when they really gave you a going over? That's right, Don. But to tell you the truth, the beating wasn't nearly as bad as the mental torture. At first, I thought it was just another stick-up. But when my face hit the floor of the car, well, it seemed as though a million things flashed through my mind. But just what kind of things do you mean? Well, maybe this, these thugs had gotten to my wife and children. Also, even if they hadn't, I thought I'd never live to see them again. And then there was that one voice that kept yelling, if he opens his mouth, kill him. I can still hear it to this day. Well, that certainly must have been a grueling experience. Believe me, Don, it was. All I can say is, it's great to be alive. Well, thank you, Mr. Julius Siegel. And you, Mr. Saul S. Sharrison, for coming here tonight and being our guests on Gangbusters. <laughs> Leading roles were played by Ken Lynch and Joe Julian. Don Gardner speaking. Gangbusters is a Phillips H. Lord production. And that's Gangbusters with the case of the kidnapped paymaster starring Joseph Julian from October 4th, 1947. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another true crime episode of Gangbusters for you after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, the New Orleans police and treasury agents track a ruthless gang. Here's the case of the inside track on Gangbusters. Gangbusters! Gangbusters, presented in cooperation with police and federal law departments throughout the United States. The only national program that brings you authentic... Police case history. Tonight, Gangbusters presents the case of the inside track and how a beautiful plant nearly turned into a funeral wreath in an attempt to crush a deadly racket. Gangbusters has asked the Honorable Joseph L. Shering, Superintendent of Police, New Orleans, Louisiana, to narrate by proxy tonight's case. Superintendent Shering. Thank you, Roger Foster, and good evening, Gangbusters listeners. Bourbon Street in the French Quarter of New Orleans probably is the scene of more nightlife per square foot than any other thoroughfare in the world. 
It was in a joint of the more sordid type that this case began one night several months ago. A sharply dressed man in his early 30s had been standing against a wall several feet from the weary piano player observing what went on at the bar. After a half hour or so of this observation, he walked across the floor to a door in the back of the club. Hutch, come in, Ginger. Yeah. How's business out there, Ginger? It's a little slow, but uh, that redhead is at the bar again. Yeah? Yeah, she walked in about ten minutes ago. Alone? Alone. But I guarantee you she won't go out alone, Hutch. She started working a guy already. Oh. What do you want me to do? Want me to throw her out? Bring her in here. I want to talk to her. What she needs is a good boat and a... Ginger. I'll get her. Wait a second. What's this going to be, another lecture? It's going to be the same lecture. This has got to be a clean joint, Ginger. I don't want nobody kicked around. I don't want no muscle. But the others live on rough stuff. This joint has got to stay without bruises. Okay, I'll go home, get my kid gloves. If there's any kicking around to be done here, I'll do it myself. Just watch out, you're not on the receiving end. I'll go get her. Yeah, okay. All right, Hutch. We're not in business to kick people around. Well, I don't know, sir. I don't even know your name. Oh, that's easy. My name's Jack. Uh, you, sister. Me? Yeah, you. Come on. I'll see you here, friend. You take it easy, pal. Let's go, sister. Don't sister me and get your hands off me. Leave the lady alone. She's no lady, pal. I'm doing you a favor, believe me. She's a lush worker. Oh? Let me go. Now, listen here. You're you... better off, pal. Harry, drink of the house with this gentleman. Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. This way, sister. Don't fight me. Okay, you win. The boss wants to see you. Why? Don't ask me. We're up to me and three in the gutter. Okay, in there. Much obliged. Here she is, Hutch. Over there, sister. The name is not sister. Sit down, miss. I can stand. He said sit down. Get your hands off. Ginger. What are you supposed to do, Hutch? You're supposed to handle these lush workers like they were duck's eggs? Go on, Ginger, get out of here. I'll take care of this. For crying out loud. Get out of here. All right, I'm gone. Handle it your own way. See what it'll get you. Listen, what's the beef? Ah, sit down. We'll talk about it. Uh... Sister, just call me sister. Sit down, sister. Thanks. Mine as well. As long as I'm staying. You don't mind if I smoke? I don't care if you go up in flames. You have one? No, thanks. Never use them. Look, just tell me what the beef is and let me get out of here. It's very simple. I don't care how many drunks you roll, how much you take off of them, more power to you. Just don't set up your marks in my place, that's all. Where'd you get the idea I did anything like that? I'm a social worker by profession. You set up a lumberman from Little Rock right outside in the bar last night. He got loaded and you rolled him for $150. Little birdie told you? Lumberman beef to the cops. They were in here nosing around. Now look, I run a clean joint. It's got to stay clean. Do your business elsewhere. I don't want any cops nosing around in here. Is that plain? All right. I'll take my business elsewhere. Tell me something, will you? What? You're an awful pretty kid. Get a head on your shoulders. What do you need the rackets for? Did you ever stand on your feet eight hours a day for $32 a week pushing buttons and pulling levers so housewives would have a jar of peach preserves to feed their kitties? No. Well, I did. That's why I'm in the racket. Much easier on the feet. Next question. What's your name? Ellie. Ellie what? Ellie Lee. Used to be Ellie Stritzker. That's S-T-R-Z-Y-C-A. I changed it to Lee because I like to do things the hard way. Twenty-six years old, the hair is naturally red, but I touch it up once in a while. I was born and raised in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Got my first taste of larceny in Wilkesbury. Tasted good. Got my first taste of jail in the Pennsylvania Reformatory for Women. That didn't taste too good. Came to New Orleans two weeks ago, and I'm on the make for the easiest dollar I can find. Is there anything else? Yeah. What you doing later tonight? I don't know. What am I doing? You're having a few drinks and a big steak with a guy named Joe Hutchinson. That's you? Mm-hmm. That's me. 
That's what I'm doing later tonight. All right, come on. Where? Just come on. All right. I'm a trusting soul. Ginger. Ginger. Yeah, Hutch, right here. Okay, sister, hit the ties. Get out. Ginger, get my car and take Miss Lee to my place. What? You heard the man. I heard what he said, but I don't know what he meant. Take her to my place and wait there with her until I get there. Yeah. Okay, Hutch. Be nice to her. She's a friend of mine. Yeah. Come on, let's go. Bye, Hutch. See you later. Out that way, sister. The name is Miss Lee. You heard what the man said. I'm a friend of his. Uh, what a world. Sergeant Gervais. Hello, Sergeant. Cooper. Yes, Ed? She made the contact. Oh, is that so? Yeah. She was trying to make the pickup at the bar. Ginger walked in on it. He took her back to Hutchinson's office. She stayed in there a while, then Hutch had Ginger drive her to his place. Where are you, Ed? I'm in a filling station across the street from Hutch's house. Okay, stick there and keep your eyes open. Check with me every 15 minutes. Yeah, I got you. So long. Hmm. Narcotics Bureau. Let me talk to Mr. Sampson. This is Sergeant Gervais, New Orleans Detectives. Yes, sir. I'll ring Mr. Sampson. District Supervisor Sampson. Hello, Art. Pete Gervais. I think we're in. What happened? Ellie tried to make a pickup at the bar. Ginger stepped in and took her to Hutch. Ed Cooper said she just went to Hutch's apartment. Okay, Pete. It sounds all right. I got my fingers crossed. Look, don't worry about the girl. She can take care of herself. I hope so. Believe me, she's the best we got. This is a little bit different than nailing shoplifters, Pete. Art, she's a good cop. She's got a pretty face and lots of sense. We wanted somebody to get inside that mob. Okay, she's in, practically. All right. But just warn her not to get too ambitious. All we want to know is how they land the stuff and where. Maybe she can pick that up by keeping her ears open. If she can't, that's all right, too. I don't want her pressing her luck. You're liable to have a dead policeman. Which house is it, Ellie? The second from the corner. Second from the corner, Ginger. I heard her. Right there, in front of the lamppost. Well, thanks for... Oh, I'll I'll get it. Oh, much obliged. You're a true friend. (laughs) That's nice to know. The evening was an unexpected pleasure. Come on, I'll see you up. Um, no, Hutch. This is far enough for one night. All right. I'll call you tomorrow. No, don't call me. Why not? I'll call you. All right. Good night. Good night, Ellie. Good night, brother. Yeah, good night. I'll call you tomorrow. I'll be waiting. Okay, Jeanette. Now that the lady has gone, you're not ashamed to sit up in front with a chauffeur, huh? Get going. Tell me something, will you, Hutch? I'll admit she's a picture. I can't take that away from her, but uh, what do you need a dame like that? A lush worker, a thief. She's got a certain charm, Ginger. What do you mean, charm? What charm? It's there. She's a beauty. She's bright. With that, being a thief, there's a certain magnetism about her. Couldn't you pick a nicer girl? She's just the kind of girl I want. Knows her way around. She won't shock easy. Are you figuring to take her on the inside? No, but she's round enough. She's bound to hear a few things. Oh, she's going to be around a lot, huh? Enough. Listen, you've got no time for romance. There's a shipment coming in Tuesday. There's plenty of work to be done. We've got to get it off the boat. We've got to get it moving, etc. You let me do the managing, Ginger. It ain't getting done very well. Don't get so critical, Ginger. You've got a big enough job of your own to handle. Uh... Now go on. Get me home. It's nearly five in the morning. I've got to get some sleep tonight. And once again, we hear from tonight's narrator, Superintendent of Police, Joseph L. Sharing of New Orleans. About 10 o'clock on the following Monday night, the policewoman Ellie Lee boarded the Jackson Avenue ferry across the Mississippi in order to meet Sergeant Gervais and Agent Sampson. Excuse me, you got the time? What time is it, Art? Uh, 10 past 10. Thank you. How's it going, Ellie? 
I think they're expecting delivery on a load tomorrow night. I don't know where or when. Off a boat, do you think? No idea. Okay, that helps. Good work, Ellie. Don't press your luck now. Just keep your ears open. Don't ask them too many questions. Okay. That's funny. Hutch doesn't seem like too bad a guy. Don't kid yourself. He's a bum in the worst racket there is. If he thinks anybody's crossing him, you'll know whether he's a bad guy or not. Okay, you better move now. It's a good idea. I... What's the matter? Uh, nothing. Nothing's the matter. Okay, get going. Thanks. Thanks for the information. She's all right, Art. Yeah, she sure is. She's a good cop. Tomorrow night. What do you think, by land or sea? Well, my guess is it's coming in on the boat. That's how we think they've been getting it. Let's check the list and see what docks tomorrow. Okay. There couldn't be more than one or two ships coming in. You know, we got lots of cases where a big-time smuggler signs on as a deckhand. What about giving all the ships a dock tomorrow a thorough shakedown? That might get us our smuggler all right, Pete, but we want Hutch and his crowd that much more. Hutch is the kingpin in a lousy racket. And we don't get Hutch if we nail the smuggler aboard ship. We've got to catch him making a meet with Hutch. It's the only way. Otherwise, we'll just find other guys to bring in the stuff. Yeah, I see. <sighs> Gee, the lights on the river at night sure are pretty, aren't they, Pete? Yeah, they sure are. Is Hutch in there? I don't know. I didn't see him come in. I'll take a look. Hutch, are you... Hello, Ginger. Come on in, Ellie. Where's Hutch? Out someplace. Where? On business. Oh. You've been out on business, too, haven't you? What do you mean? Didn't I see you an hour ago on the Jackson Avenue ferry? Did you? I must have. I followed you there. And you saw me. What were you doing on the Jackson Avenue ferry? I took the boat ride to jump over the side, but I didn't have the guts. Is that so? This could lead to quite a discussion. And it's gonna. Not in the mood for a discussion, so let's forget the whole thing. Going out to the bar for a drink. No, you're not. Get your filthy hands off me. Who are those guys you were talking Get to? Get your hands Who off me. Who are they, cops? Let me go. Sit down. No. I said sit down. What are you doing? You working for the law? Let go. How much did you sell out for, you dumb, lousy tomato? <laughs> I didn't trust you from the minute I set eyes on you. <laughs> Hutch thinks he's so smart. Well, you see what happens when he finds out. He had a go for you. Big him. Let me out of here. Sit down, Era. Now sit in that chair. I'll slam you so hard you'll never wake up. All right. Yeah. Just sit there until I answer the phone. Hello. Ginger? Yeah, Hutch, I listen. You listen to me. Uh, Hutch. The you has been moved up to tonight. Uh, Hutch, I got Ellie. no time to talk about it. I want to get this thing through before daylight. Meet me at the cabin now. Hutch. Hello, Hutch. Uh, all right, sister. You and me are going for a ride. Where? Out to a cabin on Lake Bourne. I don't want to go. Where's Hutch? Sit still there. Uh, Hutch will be there. Don't be so anxious to see Hutch. What do you think is going to happen to you when he finds out you pal around with cops? You don't like being made a chump of, you know. Now, get up and walk out that door. Sergeant Gervais. Uh, Cooper, Sergeant. Yes, Ed? Ginger and Ellie left the joint a little while ago. He took her in the car and they drove out over the bridge. To where? Well, that's what I'd like to know. We, we lost them. All right, Ed. Stick with it. We must be coming down to the wire. I'll get hold of Art Sampson and the narcotics men. Check with me in ten minutes. Go on, sister, walk. I can't see where I'm going. I can see where you're going. Just walk. I can't see Huh. Now you're untouchable. To you, I am. You'll be untouchable, all right, when we get through with you. Dump you out of here in this swamp, and that's all, sister. Here we are. Nice little cabinet, isn't it? Nice and isolated. But we keep a good heavy lock on it. We're afraid of thieves. You should always look out for thieves. All right, get inside. Yeah, okay. Now over there and sit down. 
can't sit. Don't worry about it. Here's a chair. Now sit down right here. Make yourself good and comfortable while I light the lantern. I like lanterns. Nice and old-fashioned. What's the matter? Why don't you say something? I don't feel very conversational. Well, I do, sister. So we'll talk, huh? How do you like the cabin? Not much in the way of modern stuff, but it's comfortable. And away from people. Sometimes you want to be away from people, don't you? Sometimes. For instance, when Hutch gets here and finds out you've been on such nice terms with cops, he'll want to be away from people. Because what he's going to do to you, people shouldn't know about. You've got some bad information someplace. I didn't talk to any cops. What were they then, bookmakers? Leave me alone. You'll get left alone. You'll get left good and alone. Please. Good and alone. Hey, hey, don't touch that lantern. Get away. Put that lantern down. Come one step nearer and you'll get it across the head. I swear you'll get it across the head. Put it down. What do you want to do, burn up the joint? Don't come any closer. All right, sister. You win. I'll be a good girl. Give me that. I'll give it to you. Why, you little... No, no. Don't you dead. You're burning the joint up. Then do some more, too. Yeah. Don't scratch me, you little devil. You... Kill you right here, right now. Let me go. I'll let you go. I'll kill you. No, please. Hold still. No, my dress. That's the least of your worries. Look at the joint. Oh, to kill you and let you burn up it. What's going on here? Hutch, help, help me. Ginger, let her go. Hutch, you know what she's doing? Let her go. Hutch. Let her go. But Hutch. All right. Hutch, no, don't. Hutch. Oh, no. What was he trying to do? Why'd he bring you here? I don't know. He said you wanted to see me. When we got here, he tried to get fresh. He never could stay in his own territory and anything. It was coming to him sooner or later. Come on, baby, let's get out of here. The whole place will be in flames another minute. You gonna leave him like that? Nothing will help him now. And who wants to? Come on. Yeah, all right. All right, hurry now. Car's this way. All right. Hello, Pete. Any word from her? No, Samson, nothing. I think she's in trouble. I don't know. I got men planted at Hutch's place, her place, the joint everywhere. Not a sign. Well, I guess all we can do is... Excuse me. Yeah. Sergeant Gervais. Hello, Sergeant Cooper. Any sign of the med? I think I got bad news, Sergeant. What is it? Well, there was a report of a cabin on fire out at Lake Bourne. Yeah? The officers who went to the scene found a car nearby. Ginger's car. Any sign of Ellie or Ginger? Well, there was at least one body in the cabin, Sergeant. They can't tell who it is, man, woman, or what. Where are you, Ed? Fifth Precinct Station. All right, stay there. Art Sampson and I will be right over. You feel all right now, Ellie? Yeah, I think so. Much better. Don't you worry about Ginger. If it wasn't over this, he would have gotten it over something else. Look, Ellie. Yes? I'm on the spot. Ginger and I had a business deal on. It would have taken both of us. We were supposed to meet a guy in exactly 40 minutes from now. At the cabin? No, someplace else. Every time we have one of these deals, we meet first at the cabin just to make sure we're not being tailed. You know what kind of business I'm really in, don't you, Ellie? I've got a good idea. Look, Ellie, will you help me? What do I have to do? Just go to church. To church? Yeah. You go to a pew that I show you. You sit down next to a man I tell you about. You give him a package... He'll give you a package. What's in the package? In the one you'll give him is money. Lots of it. I can guess what's in the other. A game? Sure. Why not? Uh, but I can't go to church with my clothes half ripped off me. <laughs> no, I, I guess you can't. Uh, you want to stop by my place for a minute? It'll take me no time to change. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll stop by your place. Then we'll go to church. And now, gangbusters. All right, Ellie. Wait here. Yeah. See that man there? Hmm? Man in the second to the last pew right near the aisle? With the brown suit? Yeah. Go sit down next to him. 
Tell him you're from Hutch. He'll give you his package. You, you give him this one. All right. What's the matter? You'd think he could find a better place to do this. This is the best. When you make a change, come right back here. Go on. Yeah. Excuse me. May I sit there? Sit right down. Thanks. I'm from Hutch. Take it. Here's yours. Yeah. Go on now. Get going. All right. Excuse me. Got it, Hutch. Here it is. You hold it. Go on outside. I'll get the door. All right. Go on, Ellie. Now I'll take the package. Here. Gives me the creeps. Gives me a good living. Now straight down the steps and walk to the car. You! Wait! Ellie, cops! Oh, my... Come on, back into the church. Stop where you are. They're up there, too. Here, take the package. No, I don't want it. It's your baby, Hutch. Ellie, you, you're with him. Good guess, Why, Hutch. you crummy little... Kill her! Kill her! Get your hands off of me! I'll kill her! Watch out! There. I got him! Let me up, you lousy oh, rat! Here's a little more for you. Hello, Olam. Yeah, I guess it will. Hey! The other one, inside. He's being taken care of. We're a little worried about you, Ellie. Uh, I was a little worried about myself. Ginger found out who I was, but Hutch shot him before he could say a word. Yeah, that's the way we figured it. How'd you get him to take you by the house? If he hadn't have done that, we never would have picked up the trail again. My dress was torn. I told him I wanted to change it. Oh, is everything all right? Have you got the evidence you need? We've got more than we need. Hutch isn't going to see the light of day again except through bars. And that, gangbusters listeners, was how this case came to a close on the steps of a New Orleans church. Hutch was tried in a Louisiana court for manslaughter and convicted. He also pleaded guilty to Harrison Act charges in federal court and received an additional sentence. Right now, it appears as if he'll never again be a free man. Well, thank you, Superintendent Joseph L. Sharing, for this most enlightening case history. Tonight's Gangbusters case was dramatized by Stanley Niss and directed by George Zachary with Barbara Weeks, Wendell Holmes, and Ralph Bell in leading roles. Roger Foster speaking. And that's Gangbusters with the case of the inside track starring Barbara Weeks from June 10, 1950 as heard over CBS. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 44 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 44 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two detective episodes of Richard Diamond, starring Dick Powell, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening.